Hey, everybody, welcome in to the wrap mid, uh, midweek edition. Tom Mazaway in the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Friends for the day, friends as always. Brendan Sennett in the house. The Sandman is in the house. What's up there, Tommy? Did you park your car out there? I, I most certainly did. We just, my car. we just got finished watching that Hyundai commercial. And uh, Brendan's from Boston, one of the few guys I like from that, that area. But that commercial uh, is uh, spectacular. If you haven't seen it, who are some of the people? Captain America's in it. Chris Evans, Chris Captain Evans. America, yeah. John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. And uh, Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch. And then a little uh, uh, cameo by? Big Poppy. Big Poppy. You got to watch it. And uh, we, sh- we showed Ethan that commercial today. He hasn't seen it. I, I hadn't seen it until it, you showed it to me this it, morning. Yet. It's going to take a big effort by some other brand to win commercial of the Super Bowl. Other than that, well, that, that looks pretty unbeatable. That does look good, but you know what? People are going to say, "Oh, we saw that already. We saw that already." They might True. have released it too early. True. It's like movie trailers. You know, all the good parts might be in a trailer. It's you all know? good, man. It's all good. Welcome in, everybody, on NRM Streamcast. Clarence Black out on army duty. I think he's becoming a major this uh, this week. He'll be in on Friday. Oh, he's a major, all right. He is a major. So he's our guy. He's our guy. Hey, a couple of NFL notes. We're going to talk to a good friend of mine. I used to do a show here with with him on WXYT. 1270 before it became the ticket. It was John Lund, me, him, and Mark Spindler used to do a morning show. It was called SNL. Uh, Spindler and Lund. Kind of. A little spinoff, SNL. I like it. Lundy uh, is working for uh, KMBR out in San Francisco, the big blowtorch out there that covers the 49ers, and he's been on Radio Row. He's there talking to all the movers and shakers. We'll talk to him in just a bit. And... uh, I want to talk to you about uh, Chris Dolman passing away today at the age of 58. NFL Hall of Famer from the Minnesota Vikings was battling brain cancer. So there's another Hall of Fame NFL player leaving us way before his time. And that's just a very sad thing. Very sad thing. Uh, He used to wreak havoc on the Lions. Him and uh, John Randall and company of the the Purple Gang back in the day. And just, just, that's so sad, man. But. On Super Bowl week, nonetheless. They're in Miami. Did you hear about the earthquake yesterday? There yeah, was an was earthquake out in Cuba, and it radiated all the, Miami, radiated yeah. all the way over into Miami. No damage in the uh, Super Bowl area. So uh, all is well, hopefully. But that was supposedly a big one. And uh, either that or it was like an aftershock of the 49ers partying mm-hmm. out in uh, Miami. They're doing all right out there, aren't they? Seems like they're enjoying South Beach. They are enjoying South Beach. You know, you got to be careful out in South Beach. Don't you? Most definitely. Way, way too appealing. Not like Jacksonville a few years ago, right? Yeah. No, that was, or, uh, or Minnesota. No, nowhere or, to go there. Yeah. Richard Sherman uh, is always in the news and obviously a, a great addition to this 49ers team. And the Lions uh, supposedly offered him the most money when he was out there as a free agent from Seattle after they couldn't sign him, after they wound up signing uh, their quarterback. And. The 49ers wind up getting him, and although the Lions wanted to pay him more, and people have been asking him about that, we got the Lion reporters out there on Radio Row as well, and they asked him, and he basically said, I just didn't like their scheme, I didn't feel it, Uh, this Patriot way is not my way. That's what he said. I liked it. He went to to lunch with Kyle Shanahan, nice, easy to go to lunch, and winds up signing in San Francisco, and here they are in the Super Bowl. But how about uh, Richard Sherman as a Detroit Lion? I mean, he would have been a difference maker, but it just goes to show you what we've said. You know, Patricia just just isn't the guy. He just he couldn't sell it. 
I don't think it's got anything to do with the Patriot way. I mean, I think that's a cop out to say that. I mean, I know he, you know, him and Quinn are trying to trying to replicate the Patriot way, but they obviously haven't had. I mean, they got Trey Flowers, but they haven't had much success doing it. Yeah. They've gotten worse since Jim Caldwell left. So, you know, I, I just think it's easy to easy to take a little backhanded shot at the at the Patriot way that they're that they're not representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. I know you. So, I know you're you're uh, ready to watch the Super Bowl. You're excited, aren't you? Oh, I'm I'm thrilled. That earthquake. <laughs> I'm I'm actually hoping uh, Bane and the League of Shadows uh, cave the field in. Oh my! That's God. what I'm rooting for. Oh God! Just because Dark Knight Rises. Just because I know. Just because your Pey- Heinz Ward was in that. Just because your Patriots aren't in it, you're not going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm still. I, I didn't say I was not going to watch it, but I mean, this is the first time in probably oh. a, a decade um, I'm actually going to go to a Super Bowl party. You know, I, I have no yeah. vested interest in the game. I have no no dog in the fight. So you know, going to enjoy some friends. Going to going to eat a lot of food and you know, just just hang out. It's really not my jam. I'm going to feel weird. How about you, but, Ethan? I mean, I'm looking forward to the game. I know you're going out. You're watching I'm, it at home. What are you doing? You going to your I, girlfriend's I, I, house? I don't have plans to go out yet. Um, are you excited for the game? I'm excited for the game. I'm probably just going to watch it at home with my folks. Um, it's a good thing. And I'll probably be the only one really invested in the game in my house, if I'm being honest. Peter is not going to watch the game? Peter will watch the fourth quarter. That's it? Probably. I am ashamed. I am ashamed of your dad. So what's your vested interest? Are you are you, are you betting on no. this game? Or are you? I mean, I'm not betting, but... Uh, I want to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid win a I, Super Bowl. I grew up a Lions and Eagles fan. Donovan McNabb was my quarterback growing up. Okay. Yeah. So Too bad he threw up in that last uh, yep. run against the uh, Patriots. They could have oh, had yeah, him. Oh, yeah. yeah. They could have had him, man. So yeah. I, I want to see Andy Reid get that Super Bowl. I think a lot of people do. And uh, a lot of 49er fans out there, let's face it, they won so many mm-hmm. in their past. And it's been 50 years since Super Bowl four. The last Chiefs. When Lamar Hunt was alive back then. Now it's all Clark Hunt's uh, baby here. Was it at Hank Stram at the helm? Oh, Hank was. But I, I watched it again just two nights ago, Super Bowl four, because I got most most of the Super Bowl videos on my DVR because they tape year round right. at this time of the year. Last night I watched Super Bowl seven, the Dolphins beating up on the Redskins, but they only won that game fourteen to seven. That should have been like a twenty-eight nothing whitewash, but. It just didn't work out that way. But watching Super Bowl four and Hank Stram was mic'd up. He's got his toupee rolling, and he's talking to everyone. Hey, we gotta run the we gotta run the trap here, boys. <laughs> we got him, boys. Watch this play work. This play's gonna. Mm-hmm. Hey, I called it, didn't I, boys? <laughs> <laughs> Keep matriculating the ball down the field, there, fellas. <laughs> yeah, with his shirt and tie and his he trench coat. He was phenomenal. Coat on. Yeah, he and was... he had his blazer. Yeah, had the Kansas City Chief. Arrowhead on it. I mean, he was. I loved Hank Stram. He was legendary. And then when he went to the Saints, not so much success. Then he goes into broadcasting, and him and the great Jack Buck on Monday Night Football on the radio were were second to none. They were phenomenal. They were a must listen. They were phenomenal. Hank, uh, Hank, Hank. What are they going to do here, Hank? Uh, uh, Jack, uh, that's a good one right there, Jack. It's wide open there. He'd be screaming. I used to love listening to those guys (laughs) on on Westwood One on the radio. So it's good times, man. Good old days of broadcasting. Super Bowl 54 coming up on Sunday. Again, we'll check in with John Lund in uh, Miami. Just a little while. The 49ers and the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by a point and a half in this game. You know what? We always talk about, and Clarence as well, the Texans and how close they are to being a playoff team, how close they are to being good. Well, we all said they got to get rid of their coach, Freddie Bello, Freddie Pizza Man. 
Got to get rid of the Texans coach. Got to get rid of the Texans coach. Not only don't they get rid of Bill O'Brien, but they make him the general manager. They promote him. So now he's coach and general manager. Another well-run organization in pro sports. Again, my my mythical dry erase board of of teams that are a consistent non-factor. You could put the Houston Texans up there with that. With but that they're, but they're a good a, team. The GM. They are a good team, but they they just don't scare anybody. I mean, look at it. They had the Chiefs twenty-four to nothing, twenty-four to nothing, and he does a fake punt. There was twenty-four-seven at that th- point. My I bad. I didn't mind that punt. Ugh. I did not mind that. Ugh. He knew that they were. He could see that they were. They needed yeah. another score. You needed another score, but you got to run the clock off. You got to get in the it was locker only the room first and quarter? regroup. <laughs> You gotta get in the lock. I thought it was second. Quarter. It was second. It was. Quarter. It was second quarter. Yeah, still, you gotta you gotta get off that field. You gotta you, you know anything can happen when you're backed up in your own territory. That was that was stupid. That swung the whole momentum of that whole game. He's a fool. He's a buffoon. Not not what they think. They uh, don't well, think that. Good. I mean, again, you know, this this you want you want documentation as to why the Patriots have consistently won so many bad run organizations in the AFC. This is another one. We'll find out. What's your take on this, E? I mean, I don't, I don't like it when the head coach is the GM period in any sport. Now, how many um, are there? Do you know? Offhand, Belichick? Belichick. He's, Belichick. he's a boss. Any, mm-hmm. I really can't think I of it. I mean, you had, yeah. it, you had it with the Pistons when Stan Van Gundy was here. He was the, that didn't the work. GM and the coach. Not necessarily. Some, this, a lot of the NFL coaches have its, its director of player personnel, which means mm-hmm. they have the control, right? So I think, right. like, I think Adam Gaze has that. He's another, you know. No, they got, they have a uh, another bonehead. I know they have he, a GM. Think, yeah, and yeah. you know what? They don't get along because the GM brought in Le'Veon Bell, and this gay st- guy didn't don't want him. He just well, no, that was the previous GM. The new guy's his guy. Oh, I thought I thought yeah, this guy yeah, brought yeah. him in. No, no, it was the previous guy. And then it's now, a clown but, show yeah, over there yeah, anyway. Yeah. Let's face it. Right, it's a clown show. Yeah. Although they played good in the second half. Got got to get the Jets. Give them that. Mm-hmm. They played good in the second half. All right, let's talk for let's talk 49ers Chiefs for a second. Who you like, and why? You know, I, I think I'm I'm gonna go 49ers because of their defense. I mean, I think I know they had the one bad game this year against the Saints down in the dome, but you know that's that's been known to happen. I I just think they'll be the team, you know, that that can make a play and get a stop defensively. I think this will game this game will be very similar to that that Eagles Patriots Super Bowl of a few years ago. I think it's gonna be back and forth, but I think the uh, 49ers will make a stop on defense. You know, get. The, the the amount of punts is going to be what dictates this game. Whoever whoever punts more will. Both teams like to go on fourth down right, as well. Right. I mean, both. You know I, mean? I that, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's like I said. It's going to be an offensive battle, but whichever team can make a defensive stop and get the momentum, you know, and get back to back possessions where they can they can pad a lead. So I I, I know that uh, Spagnola's got the um, the Chiefs defense playing well. We didn't. That came out of nowhere after they fired Bob Sutton after last year. Uh, they got off to a slow start defensively, but I just think the 49ers have more playmakers on D. And D. And Ford goes from the Chiefs, GOAT, in the AFC Championship last year. He was lined up offsides. Now he's playing on the other side of the ball for the Niners. Unreal. So there's a lot of good, a lot of good things here. Jimmy Garoppolo against you know Patrick Mahomes. Young QBs that were not yeah. from big schools. That weren't top five picks. Did you see Kareem Hunt the other day? He got pulled over in, yep. in Cleveland. Another yep. genius. And he's talking. He's got pot in his car, his car. Obviously, he's high. He's got it in his system. I don't know if he's high, but he's got it in his system. Mm-hmm. And he's pulled over. 
and uh, he was speeding. Cops like, hey man, I'm a Browns fan. You know, we appreciate you. You had a good second half. And Kareem's crying to him, hey, my old team's in the Super Bowl. I'm really taking this hard. He was he's talked about you know being a chief yep. just last year before he you know kicks a woman and, and beats her in, in a hotel like an like a, like an a hole. Mm-hmm. So he's begging and pleading, hey, you don't got to do this. And the cops like, hey, I'll just give you a speeding ticket. As long as you don't have anything else in the car. He's like, hey, man, I got nothing. I got nothing. Go ahead. Go look. Uh, uh, so the cop comes back five minutes later oh, with his hands God. full of stuff. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what the hell is this? And and uh, Kareem's like, hey, man, oh, man, I'm just having a bad time. And, you know, I'm just down. And But the cop throws him a crumb and just writes him a ticket and says, promise don't do this anymore. And he tells him, you've gotten another chance, man. Why are you, you going to blow it? By doing this. And Kareem is there on the side just whining about the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, this, poor, this poor bastard. Genius He's a free agent, work. by the way. Yep. He's a free agent. Do not bring him to Detroit. I... He's a I, he's a, cr- a hell of a running back. He play yeah. He makes the guy makes plays. But but he's a sure. hell of he'll, a running he'll back. He'll only be an asset if he's not getting if he's being able to stay out of trouble. And right now he has not proven. To be able to play a whole year the last two years, so I would rather draft another running back because there's a good amount of running backs in this class. I would use a second round pick on a running back if I had the faith that okay, this guy can play all sixteen. Because we've done so well with the other second round pick running backs, that is that that why? You know, J.K. Dobbins could be sitting there in the second round. He's not. He's going in the first round. Taylor could be sitting there in the second round. It'd be very interesting to see. Hey. For more on the NFL and the Super Bowl, I go out to my partner, my old pal, John Lund from KNBR. He is out in uh, Miami right now partying in South Beach. Hey, John, what's happening, brother? Maz, it is so good to talk to you. Uh, I miss you. Uh, I'm telling you, you've changed. You've hit the big time. (laughs) I just got interrogated. I was asked if I was on a cell phone, and I was asked to speak clearly into the receiver (laughs) and to not move around too much. That is awesome. I'm I'm sitting sitting very still, speaking clearly, enunciating. That's Cole, man. I I hope it's coming through. That's Cole. You know know who you just talked to? You talked to Cole Seeger, the son of Bob Seeger. That's who you talked to. All right. So if you you get by Cole, that means you're good. You're good. That's awesome. Hey, man, I love it. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Hey, uh, how's KNBR out in San Fran? It's good. Uh, we got the whole contingency down here in uh, Miami Beach. Um, as typical radio uh, budgets go, uh, I'm not sure that I can. Uh, I'm too light skinned probably to go out late at night where I am. So uh, you know, a little bit scary. But uh, South Beach is awesome. We hit the hit the town last night, and uh, if the 49ers steer clear of some of the things that we did last night, I think they're going to be just fine. And you are on with uh, the Papa, 10A to 2P yes. Western. Uh, excuse me, uh, Pacific time. Yeah, he's the voice of the 49ers. He's vastly overrated. He got way too much attention, and uh, he's all over <laughs> NFL Network. I mean, the thing that's funny about him is, you know, he was a he was the voice of the Raiders for 25 years, and then Mark Davis fired him. Ironically enough, because Mark Davis actually interviewed Mike Shanahan for the Raiders job, and Greg opposed greatly because he, it was something that he didn't think Al Davis would like. Mark didn't like it. Greg got fired, and then Greg ends up with the 49ers. This is his first Unreal. year. 
and all they did was go to the Super Bowl. And the coach, of course, is Kyle Shanahan, and Greg has become close with Mike Shanahan. So that's good. It's weird how the world works, man. It is, man. I remember, uh, I remember Greg's old call of the Raiders: touchdown Raiders, and now he's taking yeah. it over to touchdown San Francisco. Is that is that his new call? Yeah, you, you know what the irony to that is: everything in 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 media is stolen. So he actually stole that call. Yes. From Mitch Holstis, who's the who's the play-by-play man for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he said he's touchdown Kansas yep. City, yep. San Francisco. So they've joked this week. He was on my show yesterday, Mitch Holstis, and they joked that you know whoever wins the game basically gets to keep the call, and the other guy's got to ditch it and find something new. I love it. John Lund joining us, KNBR in San Francisco, covers the 49ers. He's on Radio Row in Miami. I got my buddies uh, Brendan and Ethan here, too, so you might hear from them hey guys. as well. How's it going there, John? Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, good, man. We certainly yeah, miss you here in the D. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Love it. So talk to us. Uh, obviously, it was all over the newspapers there that the uh, the 49ers were the team that, that went out as a team and hit South Beach. Do you think that is going to play into this game at all? Nah, I mean, you know, I've talked to a lot of these guys both this week and leading up to this thing. And, you know, it's kind of like all of us. You're a creature of habit. Richard Sherman said this uh, on Monday when I talked to him, which is, look, if you go out with your family on a certain night, go out. If you go out with the boys on a certain night, go out. You guys know this. They installed everything that they needed to install. Uh, They didn't have a victory Monday after they won the NFC Championship game. They went right to work. Uh, Kyle uh, Shanahan is very meticulous, his whole staff. They, They put in the game plan. And look, if, if like I said, if they did went out and did things like we did till three or four in the morning, and then there's a taco joint, you know, right around the corner from my hotel that stays home until five, and then you start going again. I mean, if they're doing those kind of things, then that's stupid. In fact, I talked to Dante Whitner, who was on the uh, 2012 team that went to the Super Bowl against the Ravens, Super Bowl 47, and he said, "Look, we probably had too much fun in New Orleans." So, you know, I think they've learned their lesson. I think that these guys know, you know, with leadership like Richard Sherman, Joe Staley, Emmanuel Sanders, guys like that. Kyle Shanahan, for those who forget, he was the offensive coordinator when the Falcons lost oh, yeah. that 23 to the Patriots. So they have enough experience during Super Bowl week. It, it is an absolute circus. It gets bigger and worse. And as you know, you've been down to this thing. Oh, yeah. Worse every year. It's hard for these guys. They're right in the middle of South Beach. They're about three miles out of South Beach. And so, you know, they, they, they know. But other than media obligations, they go out, they have dinner. And like I said, Richard Sherman just said, look, it's whatever your routine is, do your routine. They're ready to go. They can play the game today. The game plan's in. Hey, speaking of Richard Sherman, is uh, you know here in Detroit, he interviewed here uh, with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. They offered him more money, and he said, "Look, uh, it's just not for me. That scheme's not for me. That Patriots way's not for me." He went to San Francisco, yeah. hung out with Kyle Shanahan, and you guys got yourself a Hall of Famer. Well, you know, it, it, it's a lot of luck involved too. I think there's a couple of different things at play. He's a Southern California guy. He went to Stanford yep. here in Northern California as well. So, I mean, he had some ties to the area. I think. Look, he said this, but he wouldn't. He couldn't even have said, thought that it was going to work out this well. No. This is a team that has a second. They had, look, this is it. Take heed, Lions fans, and I know how hard it is. I was there, but this was a four-win team last year, and they turned it into a team that went to the Super Bowl. Now, look, and they had the second overall pick. They took Nick Bosa's second overall, the yeah. second worst team last year, and they got to the Super Bowl. But you know, Kyle Shanahan's that good. Richard Sherman wasn't healthy last year. He had a torn Achilles, yep. and he's finally healthy this year. Now, having said those kind of things in terms of the game, it's not a great matchup for him just in terms of how much speed this team has. But he's still he's smart. He's got those kind of things. But, yeah, in terms of him not going to Lions, I just think it was a fit here, and it turned out better than anybody could have thought. Plus, you know, people were ripping him for his negotiation skills. He put a lot of trust in himself. 
Yeah. And he became a pro bowler this year. He's an all pro this year. He's going to the Super Bowl. It's made him millions and millions of dollars. So uh, he actually did a nice job in, in signing, and he's been a great leader both on and off the field. Hey, speaking of you guys of the Niners taking uh, uh, Bolsa at number two, now the Redskins are in that same hole. They got themselves their future quarterback, if he's going to make it. They And they're going to take Chase Young. And the Lions are sitting there at three, and they're basically screwed right now. You know, what, what do you do? What do you do? What's your choice? You know, I think you guys know the Lions roster a heck of a lot better than I do. I mean, you know, what I think probably will happen in that case is, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's going to be very similar to last year unless the Bengals get absolutely blown away with some sort of a trade. But it looks like Burrow won, as you said, Chase Young two. By the way, I'd be really careful with the comparisons. I think Chase Young, he's a physical freak. But, you know, the Bosa's, and this is where they're from. They're from uh, the Miami area, Joey and uh, and Nick Bosa and their dad, John Bosa, was the number one overall pick of the Dolphins in 1987. It's the family business. I mean, he not he may not be as physically talented as Chase Young, but he just knows what he's doing. There hasn't been a pass rusher coming to this league, this advance, <laughs> in a long time. But it's three, and again, you guys would know better than I would, if the Lions are satisfied moving forward with Matthew Stafford, then take one of these quarterback-hungry teams, whether it's the Dolphins sitting at five or somebody yep. who wants to jump the Dolphins who falls in love with Tua, and they want to get him, you know, it, it, because the Dolphins are taking him at five. So if, if you want the quarterback, maybe it's Justin Herbert, maybe it's one of these guys. I think the Lions are in a prime position to trade back with the team because now you get multiple picks and everything, and it seems to me that that's really what they need. You don't need just one player a lot of times. The Niners, I think, were a different story. But if you look at what the 49ers did, it's multiple players. Nick Bose went to Debo Samuel, their second-round pick. has been absolutely amazing. Drake Greenlaw made the tackle in Seattle that gave him the number one seed. He was a third-round pick. You know, they over the last, He and John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, over the last two or three years have absolutely changed this roster. They traded a two to the Patriots for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's ridiculous. D. Ford, uh, they traded with Kansas City a, a second-round pick. He's been an absolute game-changer. So they've... They've changed this roster, but then they've done it in a number of different ways. But if I'm the Lions and I'm sitting at three, somebody wants to come up against two, and I can get multiple picks for that, that's what I'm doing. John Lund, KNBR in San Francisco, is out on Radio Row. He does the San Francisco and 49ers pre and post and lots of other stuff, ESPN Radio as well. He is our guest here on The Wrap with uh, Tom Mazaway, Brendan Sennett, and Ethan Perlman here on NRM Streamcast. You talked to Dion the other day. I saw that was uh, that was interesting. And what's his take on the Hall of Fame being too crowded? It's none of your business, Dion. Yeah, he told us that yesterday. And you know, I, I, again, I, I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on this. I've always thought the Hall of Fame was the the cream of the crop, just the absolute top. So again, it's no just to move to baseball for just a second. Like Larry Walker, really, really, really good player. Hall of really good. I think the Hall of Fame should be the elite. So when I see somebody, and I know this hits close to you, Maz, <laughs> when I hit, see somebody not vote for Derek Jeter, uh, I want him off the panel. Me because, too. Because, look, you're, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. And in Walker's case, for example, they said they unearthed some analytics. It was his 10th year on the ballot. Right. We know what happened. Come on. Now, so the same thing in the NFL. It's I, I just don't think the Hall of very good. That's not what it is. And so I just think that... You know that those are the type of players that should get in. In terms of Dion, you know how he works. Yeah. I mean, he he's in. He's he's part of the exclusive club, so he wants it to be extra exclusive. I get it. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I'm not exactly on his train, but I see where he's coming from. In terms of we have let in all sports, a lot of guys who are borderline NFL, for example. I think Kurt Warner, Terrell Davis, Jimmy Johnson. I think they got in. Not that they're not worthy, but it certainly helped. 
that people like them and they're right, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, in front of that camera. I yep. think that played a large part in those guys. Getting. Big time, big time. And uh, you know, this uh, the centennial class, the centennial thing that the that the league is doing, the one hundred year guys. Those guys yeah. are going in, but that's mm-hmm. kind of like a, in, in I, you know, in people know why they're getting in. That's just an extra bunch of yeah. guys getting in. Well, you know, in that case too, just uh, you know, we're going down this rabbit hole now of Hall of Fames, but. In that case, I, people out here were outraged because Roger Craig didn't get in, for example. And I don't know what what differentiates, other, you know, position-wise, I, I get it. But what differentiates Roger Craig from Donnie Shell, and Shell was with those great Steelers teams that got forgotten, and Roger Craig was with the great 49ers team that got forgotten. Sure. I thought all those guys, you know, Tom Flores from a coaching standpoint, again. He's got to be in. Flores has to be in. Right. And, and again, I go back to Jimmy Johnson. Really, really good and won a couple of Super Bowls. But so did Tom Flores, and yet he's in front of the camera, and I think he gets in. I, I just thought there was such a razor-thin margin for all those guys that all those guys should have got in. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, saw the Drew Pearson thing. And I know. He was upset. I love Drew. No, it just was, yeah, the, the thing was really weird. But, again, it goes back to Hall of Really Good. But Harold Carmichael got in there. Just yeah. A very, it was very thin between the difference of those guys, and I would have just put them all in. And I, I'm not old enough to know some of those older guys that played in obviously the 20s, 30s, 40s. So sure. put those guys in and then just move forward. You know, move forward because what's going to happen is, you know, they're going to put, like they did with Ken Stabler, they're going to put somebody in after they pass away. And, yep. and that part's unfortunate. And Ken Stabler was a guy that I've been pitching for for years and years yeah. and years. And people used to argue with me. Mike O'Hara here, he's been writing for the Detroit Lions yeah. for like 80 years. And he'd argue with me. <laughs> Stabler's numbers weren't good. Neither was Joe Namath, for crying out loud. But yeah. Joe, that's a Hall of Fame yeah. guy. It's, there's no Hall of Fame without Joe Namath. And there's no Hall no, of Fame yeah. without Ken Stabler. Well, again, it, 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 the numbers thing, because things have changed, especially in the NFL, like passing yards, touchdowns, all these different things, it's a totally different game. Same with baseball. It's a totally different game. Juice ball, whatever you want to call it, especially pitchers. You can't look at numbers. It's so hard to compare. When we get into these debates about who is better than who, and then you go to the, you go to the stats, for me, it, you just have to say a guy's name. you know, Because if I saw him play, I can tell you if he's a Hall of Famer or not. You guys can't do it doesn't come. If you have to start going back to that Larry Walker thing, if you have to start digging into the numbers using deep analytics, you're not a Hall of Famer. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah as, our, as our co-host says, John, uh, guys that pass the eye test. You know, like you right. said, Terrell simple, Davis right? passed the eye test. Mm-hmm. Joe Namath passed yeah. the eye test, but yeah. uh, clearly Larry Walker does not. I mean, I don't. Th- I can't. I mean, I'm the biggest seam head in the world. I can't remember anything. Outstanding, or make, that makes me, you know, stand out for Larry Walker. He was a good player, but then by that argument, you're talking about like guys like Dwight Evans, and you know what I mean. You're going down right. that path, right? And that's what you start doing is, well, he was as good as this guy, and all this stuff. Look, the biggest thing Larry Walker did on national TV is he thought there was three outs and there was two in Dodger Stadium. Uh, exactly, he the ball flipped it to a fan, and then he went, "Oh, I need that back," and it was like, you know. That's what I remember him for. I'm, again, I'm not saying he's not great, but I'm, I'm saying that the Hall of Fame overall, no matter the sport, should be an extremely exclusive club. I like your Hall of Very Good analogy. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. They should build that somewhere else, another another town. Exactly. You know, all yeah. four sports, the Hall of Very Good. You know, it could be in like yeah. Peoria, Illinois, or something like that. Well, the know? NFL Centennial team. In there. Yeah. That's cool, John. Uh, John Lund yeah. joins us from KMBR. He's down on Super Bowl uh, Radio Row. Did you see Kareem Hunt get pulled over the other day in Cleveland? Did you see that video? Yeah, you know, it's sad because you got these guys who are given a second chance. And, again, this is not a sports thing. We all know this, man. You know, we want to give people a second chance. We're forgiving as a society if you'll just say sorry and and, and show contrition. And we'll, 
you know, we're good that way. But when guys continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake, and look, to me, if you've got an open bottle of vodka and you're driving down the road swigging it like you're, you're swigging a bottle of water, you got a problem, man, and, and you got to get yourself some help. But I see the other side of it where people say, man, you're giving all this God-given ability, and this is what you're going to do with it. And it's, it's frustrating for some people. I'm sure it's frustrating for the Browns. I'm sure it's frustrating for the NFL. But here's the most frustrating part. If he shows that he's clean and he's as talented as he is and he's still a young guy, 28 years old, 27, 28 years old, then someone's going to give him a chance. But not enough people want to help the kid before they throw him back in an NFL locker room. And to me, when you see this kind of a situation, it's just bound to happen again and yep. again and again. We thought we were out in San Francisco. Alden Smith got so many chances from the 49ers because oh. he could rush the passer. And it was it was just stupid thing after stupid thing after stupid thing. And the organizations, a lot of times, they're not worried about rehabbing you. They're, they're worried about getting you on the field. And I understand that. But this dude clearly is, is not right. Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before we let you go, John, about Kobe. And uh, you're a big basketball fan. What's yeah. what's, a go- what's going on out there in California? And, you know, what's your take on, on the great Kobe Bryant? First of all, I saw a, uh, a tremendous I, – I don't know who posted it. It was somebody uh, in Detroit who posted – Mason was so yeah. awesome, and I put, it had his final introduction into Detroit. Yeah, it was amazing. That? That? I was one of them. We, awesome. There was a few of us, was, yeah. Yeah, it was it was so cool, and he was so good. So, first of all, that was just really cool, and it just shows how smart uh, Detroit fans are in general. They're great sports fans, and to just see something like that. Where, look, it, 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 he was different, and I, I know you guys have talked about it, but depending on when you grew up, right, you might have been a Dr. J guy. You might have been a Magic guy. Yep. You might have been a Jordan guy, Kobe guy. Now you're a LeBron guy. You know, nope. Kobe was different from a lot of those guys, though, because having covered a lot of games, you know, Jordan would rip your heart out, and he would be getting cheered. I was just, I covered the 98 finals when he beat Utah, and I'm standing there with a live <laughs> mic on the sideline listening to the Utah crowd cheer him as he's absolutely ripping their heart out. I, it was like, what are you doing? What, what is wrong with you people? So, uh, But Kobe was different. You know, it was like he would do it, and he loved that role of the villain, and not a lot of guys could play it. But yet there was so much respect amongst players and fans that they realized that this guy was iconic. And I think, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it, the thing to me is he's he is he completely did a 180 as a father. We can all relate to that, even if you can't relate to basketball skill, what he was doing and how much he was enjoying. And obviously, you know, it hits home to everybody. And you don't have to have a daughter. It's, you know, family, man. And as you got to. You got a gaggle of dogs. I do. <laughs> I, I do. Mean, the, the minute that the minute that something like that happens, you just you know I, everybody said it, but you want to grab your kids. You want you, you can't imagine, and your mind can't even go there. And it pisses me off these, that they're posting these pictures of the crash and the fire. It's like, come on, man. I mean, I don't want to think about. I don't that. watch it's, them. I don't look it's at them. Horrid. Yeah, I don't look it's at them. It's horrid to think that that they perished in there and those kids, and not <laughs> only his daughter but a couple more. And it's just it's just an awful thing, but. You know, it, the outpouring from the players and, you know, the thing that really struck me, Doc Rivers, guys like that. Oh, I mean, guys who didn't even see the guy, didn't even know the guy. These guys are broken up about it because these guys know that this is a fraternity. It's a family. And to lose somebody like this at 41, man, it's it's unbelievable. And we can all, you know, we can all relate to the family aspect of it. And, and you know, look, everybody, let's be honest, everybody when Kobe came in the arena, you hated him. I, I covered the 04 finals, Maz. You were there. Yeah, I mean, we talked. We hated Kobe, him. Yeah. I mean, we hated him. I mean, that, look, I remember every morning coming on going, I don't like that guy, man. Yep. We didn't like Phil Jackson. We didn't like Kobe. We didn't like, at that time, Peyton Malone, Shaq. We didn't like any of them. The Pistons took him out in four, and we rejoiced. You know, that's what we did. And out here on the West Coast, I've worked in 
a lot of markets in the West. And look, everybody booed Kobe. But the one thing is, I'll tell you, I, I covered him in the 98 finals when he was he had just turned 18 and he threw up all those air balls. He went 4-14 with the Jazz. And I, my assignment was the, was the opposing locker room. And you just thought he went 14 for 14. You know at that point, as an 18-year-old kid, who just he was the only one who would throw up the ball. That was before the Lakers had won anything. And it was the Stockton Malone Jazz. And, and you'd have thought that he'd have hit all the shots. And you'd have thought that they were gone because nobody else would take the shots. Not Shaq, not Rick Fox, not any of those guys. And Kobe took him. And you could tell at that point that the, it didn't phase the kid that everybody was saying, but you throw up all these air balls. He's like, and I'll be back next time. And he was. <laughs> That's what he does, man. And Amazing. He, I mean, he's, I'll tell you, he, he's steely-eyed, man. I, I remember another time where the Jazz fans had booed Derek Fisher in a previous appearance in Utah because Fisher had begged out of a contract because his, his little girl had an eye condition, and he went back to the Lakers, and everybody thought it was fishy. So no one would come up to Kobe, and I went up to him and said, hey, what do you – just you know, just real casually just said, hey, what do you think of the last time Derek Fisher was – treated here by the jazz fans and he went off for seriously five minutes staring me straight in the face i was afraid to look away and just absolutely blast jazz fans like i've never heard somebody be blasted as a fan base it was a shoot around before the game and he went out and scored like 50 oh. I mean, the guy just he was that way and you didn't want to you didn't want to wake him up because he was going to give it to you but you had to respect him you didn't no have doubt. to like him but you had to respect him and you see the respect that he garnered from players fans people who didn't even meet the guy and speaking of waking up, uh, LeBron James goes out there and he makes a promise that he's going to finish the job here for Kobe and the Lakers. And being a, a non-LeBron guy, and I'm really a Laker, I'm, yeah. I don't like the Lakers, but now I'm kind of scared of them, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's weird because I don't think anybody outside of Laker fans obviously wants to see him do it. I think there'll be kind of a sentimental thing to have them to do it. And it's, it's just weird to say, right? Yeah. I mean, to, to think that you might cheer. Like, I, I agree with you. I, I've never been a LeBron guy. Again, totally respect his game. Never been a LeBron guy. Never been a Lakers guy, obviously. But, you know, it comes down to the finals. I think that absolutely a lot of people are going to be on the Lakers side. That's just a strange thing to say. I can't even believe that those words just came out I of my know. mouth. I know. It's sickening. Who's winning Super Bowl 54, John? Then you can get out of here. Oh, you know, I've done so much research and watched so much on the Chiefs that it's just, you know, I think the Niners are really, really good, but I'll, I'll go to you guys. When you have a quarterback that's as good as what this kid is, and I don't think we're, I don't think we're overselling him. There's a lot of quarterbacks that come along and we jump on him too quick. I mean, he's got everything, and uh, if the Chiefs defense can stop the run, that's a big thing. It's two different styles. One team's going to try to run it down their throat and play defense, and other team's just going to try to wing it out and have enough defense to win. Um, I just I think Mahomes is is one of the best young quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yep. And usually in these kind of games they play pretty well. But then again, a lot of people have countered that with, hey, you know, Seattle beat a good Denver offense. Obviously, you know, offenses have been shut down in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I can I can see both sides, but I I just can't get Mahomes the way he can throw the ball, the arm strength, his movement in the pocket, who which active quarterbacks have given the 49ers trouble this year. Uh, he he might he might just be that good. Hey, man, it's great talking to you. I can talk to you forever. I miss you. And For sure. The most prepared uh, radio host in the business, John Lund, KNBR in San Francisco. Johnny, thanks, brother. And, uh, appreciate it, John. Thank you guys, man. Give George a hug hey, for me. Catching up to you guys. Give George yeah. a hug. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. 16, dude. Time flies. He's looking Time good, flies. man. No you braces. Know. He's looking like you his know. daddy. Dude, he got him, got him off yesterday. Now he, <laughs> he thinks he can get girls now. We'll see how that works We'll out. see how that he, goes, he man. People... Oh, dude! People keep telling me he looks like me, so he's he does. like an eighty-year-old. Oh man! <laughs> Come on, that's <laughs> not—that's bull. That's, that's bull. Dude, I've seen I, your stable. I do radio for a reason, bro. I've yeah, seen your stable, man.
<laughs> Talk to you later, brother. Talk to you guys, man. Thanks, man. All right. John Lund, KNBR in San Francisco, coming to you from the Super Bowl. I really could just keep going on and on with that guy. I really miss him, and I really mean that. One of the most prepared hosts you'll ever want to work with. And we had the 6 a.m. show. It was a good show. He'd Underrated be in, show. He'd be in at like 3.30 in the morning in the, in the video room, in the audio room, cutting stuff up on his own, putting stuff together. I'd come in. Mark Spindler would come in. Mark would be really tired and grumpy in the morning. I'd come in. I'm not a morning guy at all. It's hard to do a morning show. And then and to do a morning sports show, it's even harder. you got to be really on top of everything. you got to stay up late, watch the games, wake up very early. and. Mm-hmm. I loved working with this guy, and they're lucky to have him in, in San Francisco. He's on like blowtorch, KNBR, doing really well, and uh, great talking to him. Great insight. And I want to talk more about the Super Bowl when we come back. I want to talk. Did you guys see Trent Dilfer, by the way? I'm going to talk to you about that and a whole lot more. Stay it right here. Keep it right here on uh, NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway and company on the wrap. Let's hear from Jim Reels. Yo. Check out the newest member of Jim Reels' family of dealerships, the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. During the Start Something New Sales event, lease the 2020 Jeep Compass Limited 4x4, now just $145 a month with zero down. Or lease the 2020 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn 4x4, now just $199 a month with zero down. For your best deal, it's the all-new Jim Reels-friendly Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Romeo. And there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim. If you or your family is touched by autism, learn more about Freddy's Foundation at hashtag pop the tap at freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Or email freddythepizzaman at gmail.com. And we're back on the wrap, NRM Streamcast. Tom Asway, Brandon Sennett in the house today, the Sandman. Parked his car, and we got Ethan Perlman here as well. Uh, Super Bowl 54 coming up. Thanks to John Lund from KNBR for joining us. I wanted to bring up, because John said, the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. and We're all big Patrick Mahomes fans. I, I think maybe you even like him. He's very, very talented quarterback, and I obviously like you know he keeps his mouth shut. You would love him if he was a New England kid, right? Of course. Okay, just want to get that straight. He, he, like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to say anything controversial. You know, I mean, his uh, his dad was an ex major leaguer, yep. so I think he he handles the spotlight well. His girlfriend's a bit of an idiot. She, oh, she runs is. her mouth. She is an but, idiot. You know, but hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> anyway, uh, he'll, I, he'll trade up once he starts making that big money. Hopefully, and I hope so. Get a little bit, you know, more more classier of a yeah. of a lady in his life. But you no know, whatever. Question. Get a Russell Wilson girlfriend, uh, wife. Get get Ciara, someone like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ciara, Ciara, how do you Giselle, pronounce her name? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, not Giselle. You could have that little uh, wow stuck up little. Woman. Anyway, I wanted to bring up Trent Dilfer, <laughs> who now on. used to be with ESPN. I love Dilfer and Dilfer's dimes back in the day, but they let him go. And he's with Fox now. And he came out and he said, Listen, go back in Super Bowl history. Look at all these Super Bowl quarterbacks. He's the best quarterback. This team's going to win because of the quarterback. He mentioned Dan Marino. They're going to win. They're gonna, there's no doubt about it. But they don't. So he calls Kansas City a quarterback centric team. He calls them teams like that will get beat by teams like San Francisco. He thinks the Niners not only will beat them, but he feels it could be an ugly route. He thinks San Francisco in a route, and he thinks once you neutralize that that quarterback, which I think is impossible to do with Patrick Mahomes, unless you knock him out of the game, you got you got the Chiefs right where you want them. What's your take on that? I mean, that's I, I, I don't see – I see many scenarios, but a blowout, the no. most unlikely – 
Uh, like I said earlier, I think you know with San Fran's defense, they could grind one out. But I mean, the Chiefs just have so much speed. You know, I mean, and that and that's what's going to inevitably happen to them in today's NFL. They're going to give Mahomes the big contract. They gave you know Hill a contract. You know, when they when they have to start paying guys, they'll lose. And, Some, and they're, you know, they're going to be waiting a year to give them that contract, too. The owners already come out and right, said that. Right, right. You know, but it's, they just have so many weapons. I mean, you know, Sammy Watkins, after a few down years. and, and But he can't stay healthy. You know, right. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. that, but man. I Tariq mean, Hill, if they, he could have shut his mouth. They and, you can know, score stop. from anywhere on the field. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know, all it just takes is one of those magic throws, and, and a guy could take it to the house. You know, even Kelsey. Is mm-hmm. is dangerous. He's no Gronk, but right. I mean, he's a dangerous player out there. How about Kelsey against Kittle? What a matchup that is! The two tight ends. That's yeah. The two. Those yeah. are the two tight ends in the NFL, in the NFL right NFL, now. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yep, that's going to be a great matchup. But that San Francisco running game. I mean, Colonel Mostert, Raheem Mostert. I mean, where the hell did he come from? He he can't stick on practice squads. He comes mm-hmm. here, runs for two hundred and twenty yards in the NFC Championship. Not only that, he is speed, man. But I think that the guy that brought them all together was Emmanuel Sanders when they stole mm-hmm. him from the Broncos. That's right. another great move by John Lynch and those guys. Yeah, that's, it, that's what, it's all worked it's for John Lynch this year. So it, it would be fitting if they finished the, they the magical tough. season. They're tough to beat, man. But, uh, but the Chiefs, how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's not even that, but as we've seen already this postseason, no lead is safe when you're playing Kansas City. You can get out to a 21-point lead. You can't let off the gas pedal now because you know within five minutes that game could be tied up. And the one thing that's been improved for Kansas City this year is the defense all around. And Tyron Matthews, I think, having one of his best years. He sure is. And you know what? He's even become classier. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid must have really rubbed off on this kid. He is like mm-hmm. he used to be a troublemaker, Honey Badger. Yeah. He used to be a big mouth. Now he's thanking the media. Wow, you guys are really treating me great. And he's like a he's like he's born again. Yeah, but he's he's being the troublemaker he needs to be on the field. Yeah. He's impacting that run game. He's impacting the pass game. I mean, anytime they line up for defense, I'm always looking, where's number thirty two? Because you don't know where he's lined up half the time. He could be back in the secondary, or he could be right on that edge looking to come after the quarterback. I'm actually really interested to see how big of an impact he makes uh, in the Super Bowl. Man, we're talking Super Bowl 54 here on The Wrap. Brendan Sennett in the house, the Sandman. And uh, I know you're a big Patriot guy, and you know we already talked about your, your interest waning in this game. but uh, <laughs> To say the least. It is the Super Bowl, and it's the 49ers. And it's the freaking Chiefs, man. Those are the two best teams in the league, they are, and they're the, meeting. The two best teams in the league did make the Super Bowl this year. That is that is undeniable. Here's the kicker. Will more people watch or will no. less people watch it, than back in the day? Watch. Less people will watch. The hated Patriots aren't there. It, it will be, <laughs> Isn't it will that be a less-watched game. Yep, you know, no doubt about as it. As sick and tired as I am of those sons of bitches, I— well, first of all, I'm a bad guy to ask because I'll never not watch the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, the East Coast, they all buy in, they watch, except the New York people. They hate them just as much. But that that's a market. Now, San Francisco yeah. is a big market, but it's not a huge market. Kansas City's not a huge market either. They are the two best teams, but as far as a TV ratings kind of game for it'll Fox. Be, it'll be a dud. It'll be a dud. I th- I think you're right. Even though the two best teams are playing each other, 
Isn't that something? Yep. Just, I mean, as good as Mahomes is, I mean, you know, what's what's really marketable about about the 49ers? You know, they don't, nothing you know, I really. mean, there's nothing really. Jimmy Garoppolo's looks. I mean, I mean my, boy, you when could... he's on the TV, my wife makes me freeze it. Oh, because then she wants to see him. Then she's calling, you know, my daughter's like, hey, girls, look, look at this quarter. And the girl's like, oh, who's that? Who's, who's that? J- Jimmy G. Well, the, Jimmy the, G. I think the big thing, though, with this and, <laughs> and possibly with ratings is going to be, could can Jimmy G win a Super Bowl not being Tom Brady's backup? Because he's won a Super Bowl, technically. Yeah. But as the backup, can he win one in that starting role, leading a team, what will it or will it not happen? How about this coaches? Like Kyle Shanahan, I've fallen in love with this guy. I really have. Mm-hmm. I love, I just love his demeanor on the sideline. Uh, I wasn't a huge Mike Shanahan fan. I don't know why I like this kid. I don't know. Maybe it's the trucker hat he wears. I I, I don't know why. And then there's Andy Reid, the jolly giant on the side. Remember him from the punt, pass, and kick? I had to show Ethan. Yeah. You did. you saw Andy Reid. Classic. I mean, Andrew Reid, he's like, you know, towering over all these kids. He looked and, like Chris Farley out there. Isn't that something? You know, in and, that uniform. And he's got to wear the red. Red makes you look bigger. Fat guys know that you're not supposed to wear red. But when, you know, there he is. It's just, I don't know. There's so much to look at in this game. And a beautiful uh, stadium. You know, the, it's got the aqua going, Miami. Uh, I get Sports Illustrated. I've been getting it since I was a kid. By the way, did you know Sports Illustrated is a monthly magazine now? It's unbelievable how much this, this Isn't it something? instant gratification age has changed with, with yeah. social media I and Twitter and all this stuff. I can't get my magazine every week. I still flip through my magazine. Now I got one in December. Megan Rapino was on it. She got Sportswoman of the Year. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I'm looking. I'm in the bathroom looking, looking at my magazines, and I'm like, what the hell? Where's, where's my Sports Illustrated? I haven't gotten one since December 23rd. Monthly. So I write I write them. Yep. I'm like, where the hell are my magazines? <laughs> and then a day, two days ago, I got the Super Bowl magazine, the Super Bowl yep. in Miami magazine. Then I look, I'm reading, and it says, welcome to issue number one of the rest of our lives, basically. We are now a monthly magazine. We're going to do, we're not going to do the weekly thing that we used to do. We're going to give you in-depth stories. We're going to have our photographs. We're going to have because Sports Illustrated was known for their photographs. What happened? Now the Sports Illustrated Jinx is going to be gone. Yeah, it's different times we live in, my friend. Different times we live in. So I'm scrolling through, and I get to the main story, which is the Super Bowl in Miami. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many in Miami. And personally, I don't think I think the Super Bowl should be played in Miami and Tampa, and that's it. Maybe the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I love it outdoor. I hate indoor freaking Super Bowls. I agree. I hate them. And I've been to indoor and I've been to outdoor. There's nothing like playing football outside. And if you could pick your climate, Florida at this time of the year is flawless. Well, there was rain in Tampa that Once. one year. Yeah. Colts. Yeah. Colts. Uh, Colts wound up beating the Bears. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rex Grossman. Yeah. I hate to bring that up to my buddy Jason, who I know listens, but I'm sorry about that. I hate to bring up uh, Patrick Mahomes to my buddy, who is a Bears fan. As well, I mean, how would you like Another to be a well-run organization? How'd you like to be a Bears fan? You passed on this guy. You traded up to get Trubisky. Who's garbage? You passed on this guy. Didn't they only trade up one spot though? I don't know. It doesn't matter because Kansas City went up like twelve spots. Yeah. To get to get this guy, I'm like, wow, they got him, and they already had Alex Smith. They sat him behind for a year. They got rid of Smith and put him right out there. Well, that the, always seemed good. He's even. special, man. Well, the interesting thing with that also was Andy Reid, his guy going into the draft was Patrick Mahomes. A lot of other teams weren't considering Mahomes. They were considering Trubisky and Watson. Yeah. And as we know, 
you know, Chicago takes Trubisky and Houston ends up with Watson. Not and bad. The, and the guy that only really one team and one coach had pegged as their guy that they wanted to draft got their guy, and he turned out to be exactly what they needed. That never seems to not work, right? I'm probably wording that very badly. No, I, I but understand. When you, to when be you, trade up to get somebody? No, no. The whole letting letting your, you know, taking your young quarterback maybe a year early and letting him play. Yeah. Or letting him sit behind a, ve- a veteran or a star yep. quarterback. It. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it. It He's always seems to work well. But look at the Giants. What they did. The Giants go out and they and they get Daniel Jones, and they basically bench Eli three games into the season. He took over. He won unceremoniously the job. Yeah. benched him, and I thought. They should have let him continue for the year and let Daniel Jones slowly get in there. But right. they just threw yeah. him right to the wolves. And I'll take my hat off to them a little bit. I don't like what they did to Eli by any means. I don't like how he went out in New York. But he, he got his one game in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're all right with it. And they retired his number. And by the way, they're retiring Michael Strahan's number now. Interesting. All right, they retired Eli's number 10. Today they decide to... To put up number ninety-two, they're both going to get in. State. But I know we talk about the Hall of Fame a million times. Yeah. You only can yeah. pick one of those two. Who's the real Hall of Famer out of Eli and Strahan? It's Strahan, all-time sack leader. I mean, Eli's going to yeah. get in I, on I, on the two Super Bowls. The fact that he, you know, he he slayed Goliath twice, twice. But you know, uh, that's still a tough question <laughs> yeah. for me. Man. I, I mean, but again, it's a he, quarterback. He, but he, but he's in that whole. Yeah. You know, does he pass the eye test? Yeah, not really to me. I mean, he won two Super Bowls. I understand. I you know get what I mean? it. It's just, I, I get it. There's nothing outstanding. He's very Larry Walker esque yeah. in his career. I know he's 500 a record, but records really don't mean anything. Look sure. at Joe Namath. You could. I mean, he's go. won some big games. I mean, that that game he won in Lambeau that year, the one oh. of the Super Bowl years the, was the I mean, frostbit year. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, poor Tom Coughlin's face falling off in Basically, front of our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the quarterback thing, Daniel Jones, they throw him to the Wolves, and I think he's going to be a stud myself. But I hear your point, getting your quarterback and letting them sit behind. That's why I know I think the Lions have to get their guy this year. Now, whether it be with the first pick or the second pick, it can't be past the second round because then you're going for table scraps Correct. after that. Well, at worst, at worst, in the second round, grab the kid from Georgia. At worst. Okay. And let him sit behind Stafford. Like I said it never seems to fail. So might as well. I mean, you've you got to do it this year. Right. You got one year young or, left to Stafford. Or number three. Okay. You're on the clock for number three. Let me throw this out here. Everyone's saying two or two or two. Why not take Justin Herbert? He's not injured. He's big. He's got a strong arm. He didn't have a great year this year at, at Oregon. He's going to be a player. He's going to play. He, he What's your is. take? I I don't – I mean, I like the kid. I just don't know that I would use the number three pick on him. But when are you going to pick third again? They got, they're going to win seven games next year, I maybe know. eight, and they're going to pick in the middle of the pack like they always do. I agree with you, Matt, because I think even if, even if Stafford gets hurt again and they stink, yeah. you have the chance you can do what the Cardinals did. You know, yeah. it, Rosen. You know, if 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 they have an awful year and they go two and fourteen, and then you're in the top three again, then you could trade Her- Hebert. You know what I mean? Herbert. Yeah. Herbert. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and move on, just like the Cardinals did. You know, with with Rosen, they oh. dumped because you know young quarterbacks with those type of skills so that are hard to come by. Uh, his- Some team will take them off your hands. But if you're gonna take a quarterback to sit them for a year, 
and have them learn behind Stafford. Would you rather take Herbert or Tua? Or how about the Georgia kid? Like, why is his name just— Jake Fromm? Yeah, Jake Fromm. Why not him? If I'm going to take Jake Fromm, I'm going to wait till the second round. Okay, I said second round. fair. Yeah, I said second round for him. Yeah. I said first round for Herbert. But the only only other player I consider, and I don't know whether or not he'll make it out of the first round, there's a chance he does. And if it's Jake Fromm or this player in Jalen Hurts, I would have a real, you know, debate because— Although Hertz is a much different quarterback, he's going more the way of what the NFL is going to these days than Jake Fromm. And and I'd have to have a serious debate on do you take Well Herbert's Hertz? A, Herbert's an NFL guy, don't you think? I think he needs to learn how to read a defense. He he made way too many mistakes this year. And the funny thing is if he would have gone in the draft class before this year, he would have been the number one overall pick a lot of people thought. Yeah. He comes back for his senior year, and I think he completely showed a lot of flaws that are hurting his draft. But can you learn from a guy like Matthew Stafford? I mean, absolutely can. But if you have the talent, well, we've talked about on this show. I mean, the 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 discrepancy between college top college football and the NFL is so astronomical. I think any quarterback can learn how to read a defense. I mean, you look at Sam Darnold and how heralded he was, but yet he was panicking and basically. Diving under the bench, crying yeah. that he saw ghosts. Yeah, you know, in a, in a game this year. Yep. So I mean, I, I don't and think was any. Mic'd. I don't think any of these kids can up. really read a defense. They're, they're you know a defense that they're gonna not you know see in the NFL. It's it's completely different. So I I, I, I you're right. I think two is the more sexy pick, but the Lions don't need sexy right now. They need efficiency and and taking one of those guys. I think it's the right move because, like I said, you get to sit behind Stafford. Hey, you know, like you like Maz said. Best case, they're gonna go seven and nine. Yeah, they're gonna win seven games. Eight. They're gonna win eight. They're, you know, that, that's if Stafford what doing gets hurt year. again, then you talk about okay, we're gonna be three and thirteen, correct? And we're gonna get a top five pick again. And hey, you know what? If if one of those, if the Clemson kid falls to us, or you know, different story. Yeah, you know, and then you could, then you story. have capital. Then you call yeah. up quarterback needy teams and say, oh, yeah. hey, yeah. you know, because the following year it's have, Trevor Lawrence, right? There it is, and it's your boy, and it's Justin, Justin Fields, Fields. right? Yeah. Right. So, so that's one two right there. Yeah. One two. And also interestingly enough, uh the kid out of Washington is you know, he declared for the draft this year in Jacob Eason. He's going to be a mid to late, I think, second or th- early third round pick, and he could be one of he's really in my opinion, one of the top 5 quarterbacks in this draft class. But really? not many people know him because he hasn't played in many big games. But talent-wise and health-wise, He's one of the most healthiest quarterbacks in this draft. He has not been injured very often, and he's got one of the strongest. Arms Where are they projecting him? Late second in the mock round. Draft. All right, so there's another maybe Lions mm-hmm. pick. Look, man, how many more times are you sitting in the catbird seat? I mean, you're not. You miss out on Chase Young, and you heard John Lund say he's no Bosa. But he is a freak of nature as well, well there, on top of that. There is talk that Washington might move out of that number two spot to try and get a lot more draft picks. Right, I saw that. To help better their chances of getting off to a better start next year. It'd be interesting to see who would trade into that number two spot. So though. if they pass on him then, that's for a quarterback probably. Mm-hmm. And then Chase Young sits there at three. I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago when we were all here. Clarence was here. That if, if, San Francisco, if Washington's willing to move that pick, then the Lions need to be calling. To move up to two, I mean, if they're willing to trade, get that second pick, and then you get 
What if, what if Miami's moving up to two? Though? Yeah, Miami's giving yeah, them like five Miami's picks. Sure. I mean, if Miami yeah. wants to do that, you know, then you you can't. You know, you're not you're not going to give yeah. away the farm. But if you can make a real uh, a reasonable deal, you do it, and then you get young to put on that defense. Mm-hmm. And then you worry about your quarterback next year. You just, yeah. you know, yeah. or you get him in the second round, mm-hmm. like right. we said, right. a secondary kind of guy. Yeah. Right. Maybe your guy from Washington State. But I mean, Washington. there's moves Washington. to be made. Washington. I mean, the, the Lions have tradable pieces. I mean, you talk in Washington, um, you know, the Lions receiver depth. I mean, they they got some pieces that they can move that, yep. that might interest Washington to get that pick. And then you take Young and you you know you build around Young. I mean, yeah. here's another kicker. Miami is sitting there, right, at number five. They want to move up. They want a quarterback. At least that's what we think they want. They have Fitzy, and they got Josh Rosen sitting second. Josh Rosen, former number one pick just a few years ago, mm-hmm. has been on two crap teams. He's been on the Cardinals, and he's been on the Dolphins. That kid has gotten his head beat around for the better part of two years. He's still a, a big-armed quarterback that was a number one draft pick. Is he that bad? No. Then, no. Just then not a, getting a shot. I'm it. telling you, watch teams like your Patriots. Watch teams. Why not trade for that guy? I, have, I bet they could steal him. I do have an interesting proposal in a trade with Miami and Washington, and it would have Josh Rosen going to Washington to compete with Dwayne Haskins for that starting job. Okay. But you would include Miami's two late first round, at least one of those late first round picks, and their second round pick, along with Rosen, for the number two overall pick. That's a lot. That's hey, a lot. But my, do you remember? My, Miami wants their quarterback. Yeah. It's going to cost them. Remember the Jets made that trade with Indy, mm-hmm. and they gave up three number two draft picks. And, so, Wash- and Washington did it when they went up and got Robert Griffin the third. Wow. And Robert Griffin the third is uh, now in Baltimore, backing up mm-hmm. uh, Lamar Jackson. Lots of great stuff. Uh, hey, thanks for coming in, Bree. Anytime, buddy. Appreciate it, Good man. Good to see you. Why don't Always you give a, sh- give, give a shout-out to your new gig? The Malice HR. What's up, fellas? Ladies, right. how are you guys doing today? Brendan Senate, the Sandman soon. here uh, with us on the wrap. Ethan, thank you. Thank Clarence you. Clarence will be back from Army duty on Friday along with Darren McCarty. Plenty to talk about. That'll be our Super Bowl extravaganza. That's a good show right there. That's a good lineup. That That's a powerful good. lineup. It's powerful. Who knows? They will even get TJ in here. We'll see if we can get him get him in. Uh, that'll be fun. Tom Mazaway, for everyone behind the scenes, it's Angel, Kelsey, Stephen, and Cole. Thanks to everybody. It's The Wrap with Maz and friends on NRM Streamcast. See you Friday, everyone.